When my grandmother arrived here from Cuba after 10 years of being separated from my mother, she brought one thing with her: this statue of La Caridad del Cobre, Our Lady of Charity, the patron saint of Cuba. The statue held a place of prominence in her living room, surrounded by candles, rosaries, prayer cards, and a collection of smaller statues of saints that seemed even smaller around her. When my grandmother passed away, that statue moved to my parents' home, where she had a similar place of prominence. And then, when my mother died, she moved to my home. As a child, I would look at the statue with curiosity. And wonder why is it so important? Why is it the only thing my grandmother brought from Cuba? In many ways, I became a scholar of religion to answer the questions: Who is La Caridad del Cobre, and what is her significance for the Cuban people? As the daughter of two Cuban exiles and a scholar, I have come to learn that there are many versions of La Caridad. She has been reinterpreted and transformed by the Cuban people, and I have also discovered that in telling the story of La Caridad, we learn something about the power of religious symbols as a whole. I first learned about La Caridad through my Cuban Catholicism. I was told the story of three men in a boat, one black, one white, one biracial. Who, in the midst of a storm, began praying, and behold, Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, appears before them. In Cuban mythology, these men are known as los tres Juanes. They represent the three cultures and races that constitute Cuba: African, Spanish, and mulatto. Prayer cards tell this story, showing an image of Mary looming over three men in a boat as waves crash over. This is the most familiar image to many of La Caridad, as powerful, and in a community where thousands have risked their lives in homemade rafts to flee the island, this image resonates with Cubans and Cuban Americans. She accompanies those who face turbulent waters in search of freedom and family. Interestingly, though, this has. Little to do with the actual historical account of La Caridad. I discovered La the historic Caridad as a PhD student sitting in the archives in the University of California at Berkeley. I was shocked to discover a first-hand account by a slave named Juan Moreno, who claimed to be one of the three men that discovered the statue. As he recounted it. Moreno, along with two indigenous brothers, Juan and Rodrigo de Hoyos, were in the Bay of Nipe when they saw a statue of Mary floating in the waters. They gathered her and took her to the town of Cobre, a community of royal slaves. A shrine was built for her by the slave barracks, and soon miracles are attributed to her. Healings occur, and she begins to mysteriously disappear and reappear throughout the night. When Spanish authorities decide to move her to a more prominent place, away from the slave barracks, she protests, reappearing at her original shrine by the slaves. In this version, 
La Caridad takes the side of the oppressed, choosing the African slave over the Spanish. La Caridad remains a local devotion until the late 19th century, cared for by the slaves and ex-slaves in Cobre. But then, during Cuba's wars of independence, soldiers begin petitioning to her. They pin images of her on their uniforms, and the altar on her shrine becomes covered with medals, uniforms, and crutches attesting to healings. By the time Cuba gains its independence, she has become the national virgin, La Virgen Mambisa, the fierce virgin. In 1916, she is named patroness of the island, and a shrine, a new shrine, is constructed in her honor. And many forget her roots in Cobre, among the slaves and ex-slaves that cared for her. But La Caridad del Cobre's relationship with Afro-Cuban devotions does not end here. Afro-Cuban religions arrived in the 16th century when the first slaves came to the island. These religions were able to thrive, albeit secretly. Slaves would take their African beliefs and practices and mask them with Catholic rituals, prayers, and images. We see this in La Regla de Ocha, popularly known as Santeria. At the center of Santeria are the Orishas, superhuman beings that mediate our relationship with the sacred. In Santeria, we have a core of Yoruban religion with a mask or layer of Catholicism upon it, the way in which slaves were able to cover their religious beliefs and practices. And so every orisha has a Catholic counterpart. La Caridad del Cobre is associated with the orisha Oshun. Oshun is a powerful female orisha, the source of life. She's associated with rivers and fertility. Her favorite color is yellow, the color of the dress worn by La Caridad. And it is no coincidence that Oshun's favorite flowers are sunflowers, and these are the flowers that are brought by Catholics as offerings to La Caridad. The entire Orisha pantheon has a specific Orisha that is associated with a particular saint or image of Mary. So, for example, when slaves appear to be venerating St. Lazarus, they were in fact making offerings to Babalu Aye. The 1959 Cuban Revolution begins the experience of exile for thousands of Cubans and their children. And they, like my grandmother, brought La Caridad with them. On September 8, 1961, her feast day, a statue of La Caridad, a duplicate of the original, is brought from Havana to Miami. 25,000 Cubans are there to greet her, and a mass is said in her honor. And so begins her relationship with the diaspora, her life as Our Lady of Exile. As the story goes, the statue was smuggled off the island in a suitcase with the help of the Panamanian embassy. Five years later, the archdiocese builds a shrine for her here in Miami.
The shrine is an epicenter of the, of the Cuban community, where the negotiation of nationalism, identity, and religion are at the forefront. It is also a contested religious space, where practitioners of Santeria will make offerings to Oshun and the other Orishas, much to the disdain of the Catholic clergy. And so now we have two duplicate images of La Caridad, one in Miami and one on the island, mirroring the divide between the exile and the island communities. La Caridad not only teaches us something about Cuban religion, she teaches us about the power of religious symbols. When faced with persecution, religion seeks ways to survive, offering shared images of transformation for marginalized peoples. That small statue of Mary told slaves that in spite of their inhumane conditions, God had not forgotten them. When faced with conflict, religion adapts. La Caridad has crossed geographic and political borders and accompanied the Cuban people. And perhaps more importantly, La Caridad shows us the transformation of religion. Devotions to La Caridad in shrines, churches, home altars, and Afro-Cuban rituals challenge historical assumptions about worship. Religion cannot be reduced to a building people enter once a week. Religion is part of everyday lives and everyday practices. La Caridad is much more than an image of Mary. She has been a constant for the Cuban people throughout their history. She has been transported, adapted, and transformed. She has worn masks for Catholics, practitioners of Afro-Cuban religions, nationalists, and everyday Cubans. She is Cuba's spiritual fuel. She is a symbol of the resilience of Cuban identity across generations. And, like for my grandmother, she is one thing we, hold, we Cubans hold with us. Thank you.